A real bodice ripper contains explicit, salacious, delicious, not safe for work content. Isn't that great? But no, seriously, listener discretion is advised. A real bodice ripper. 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 Okay. Yeah, sounds good. I have no idea how I'm going to summarize this book, but or talk about this book because I have so many thoughts about it. But I'm hoping that um, maybe ten percent of what I say makes sense, and that awesome. the listener enjoys. Ten percent. <laughs> That's I'm setting the bar Fantastic. low. Setting it right? nice and low, achievable. Nice Our and goal low is achievable goals. Smart goals. Ha. <laughs> are they measurable? They are measurable. They are specific. They are measurable. They are attainable, realistic, and time bound. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. You want to you go ahead and start this bad boy? Bad girl, bad person, bad non-binary entity? Yeah, we're here. Great. We're together. It's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. We are together thanks to the power of technology. Bringing everyone closer into each other's lives on their screens. Yes. Yes. Bringing each other <laughs> all so close. Thank you, Zencaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So excited to have a way uh, to do this well from afar and not not in like, what's it called? Zoom. I don't know. Like this one's interesting. It's a different sort of tool and we're new to it. So hopefully the quality is coming out good. Uh, dear listeners, if you notice that if you feel like the quality has come out not as great, just give us a shout. We're fine tuning it for sure. And I'm sure there's things that we can do to improve and make it better. But I, I think... I've used this before with other people, and it tends to be a decent little tool here. Yeah, please uh, send us an email, and in the subject line put, sound quality not great, um, and we will know that you heard us, and you'll get 10% Mm -hmm. off nothing. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 10% off the pleasure of our friendship. (laughs) Yes, Yes, exactly. Using uh, coupon code, sound quality not great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm awesome. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so who are we? It's a good question. I'm Jessie. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to A, a Real Bodice Ripper. I think we just I, have to go for it. Once we like pause for a second, we just have to go for it and hope that it sinks it right. <laughs> right. I just... I, I yes. feel like we're both like looking at each other to make sure we're going. <laughs> well, and I do feel like one thing with this tool is there is the slightest of delays. I can tell that. I can tell like one of us stops talking and then there's like a little bit of a beat and then, okay. <laughs> so oh. that's why I think it just kind of does that, but that's okay. We know how <clears throat> much you guys must love us speaking in unison, but a real bodice ripper. We're mm. a podcast 
and we explored the delicious, guilty, and sometimes problematic pleasure that is found in romance novels. Yay! Aren't you glad? Doesn't that just sound fun? It sounds so much fun. I'm glad we're here. (laughs) Me too. I'm also really excited to talk about this book today. Um, Mm -hmm. This is, you know, if you've been with us uh, for the past episode or well, probably the most recent past episode, you know that we're trying something new where, you know, Rachel will read a book and then she kind of just tells me about the book. And so I'm with you on that journey. And now the tables have turned for this episode because I took it upon myself to read the beautiful and talented Penelope Douglas's Punk 57. And I'm going to talk about it today. And I know this is a fan favorite. So I'm excited. I bet if you're listening to this, you're excited. It's it's gotten quite popular. <laughs> it was a popular TikTok read from what I saw. Yes. Yeah. Is that where you found it? Did you find it first on TikTok? <sighs> I wish I remember exactly how I found it. Yes. The, I think the long and short is yes. I think I found it on TikTok. I think what happened was it was one of those TikToks where they were like, they just like they were like, pause and read this passage. And I read the passage <laughs> and it had some hot, steamy elements. And I was like, uh, excuse <laughs> me, let me stop my entire day and go get this book. And it happened to be Punk 57. And and then after that, I just saw, you know, because the algorithm and probably serendipity, I just saw a bunch of other TikToks about it. So according to me and my algorithm, this book was very popular. <laughs> very popular right up your alley, at least. <laughs> yes, it is because it features my favorite, my mainstay, my classic go-to, Asshole with a Heart of Gold. That is my cat. Uh... Get it to me, <laughs> it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah. And it's a very popular trope, one that we see quite often. So uh, we do always love it, although we have doubts about whether it truly exists in real life. Um. <laughs> well, Rachel's just talking for herself right now. Um, I'm I don't believe it exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I doubt that assholes have a heart of gold. Now, okay, if we're going to talk about that, I, I think, you know, it's fair that's a fair argument because sometimes assholes don't have a heart of gold and this trope could be potentially misleading. You know, asshole qualities don't mm-hmm. always mean that they have some good intentions behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that this is also kind of a bully romance, right? Yes. And, yes. And in actuality, I think um, – it is a, you know, it technically has some bullying aspects, but um, I think it's important to to note that I, I think there was like a, um, there was a, a little bit, what was it, like an interview um, with Penelope Douglas. And I, I put this somewhere in this fucking outline that we have. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I'm having, having a hard time writing it, but <clears throat> she, they, the, the, basically the person, um, interviewing her said that they were like, you know, um, what got you into bully romances? And, and she, she didn't push back on it, but the paraphrasing of what I remember is that she was kind of like, oh, you know, it didn't like, it wasn't like meant to be like a bully romance, but I think she loves writing romances about very different people. And so what ends up happening Mm -hmm. is like, it kind of comes across like almost like an enemies to lovers, Um, Mm -hmm. and I think this book could be technically a bully romance, but what's funny about this book is that I think you go into it thinking the boy, Misha, that kind of our main guy character, 
is the bully because he's got a lip piercing and tattoos and he's like, quote unquote, a delinquent and he's not. Um, <laughs> and it's actually, it's actually the girl. I, oh. I that hasn't been confirmed, but I think if anyone's kind of a bully in this book, it's her. And I'll get into why. And I say that with love. I appreciate the depth of her character, Ryan, but I do think she's um, a little more bullyish than him. And that's the twist is that he's ah. a rough around the edges, bad boy. Who's just an asshole with a heart of gold. He's had some hard things happen to him. She's a popular girl who kind of is struggling to find herself. And in, the process of that is a real fucking bitch sometimes to people and kind of lashes out at people around her in that process. She's opportunistic and she's uh, yeah. a little cowardly sometimes. Like she doesn't stand up for people. And lots of people um, in the reviews of this book brought that up. They kind of appreciated that Penelope wrote a, an in-depth character who wasn't always likable. Like, I don't think a lot, some people just don't like her. Some people appreciate mm-hmm. that she's relatable. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, obviously. We have that. A Court of Silver. That other. Mm-hmm, with that. Uh, oh, yeah. Nesta. Mm-hmm. Nesta, who's like she's unlikable. I think Nesta. <laughs> no. No, I mean, Nesta is just the worst. Let's, let, I don't know that there's any redemption for Nesta. Um, I do think, uh, when you kind of phrase it that way, it actually reminds me of the shadows books that we read. Um, and the Mm. main character in that, how she was very unlikable in the beginning. Um, and oftentimes I found her unlikable throughout. I found her as someone that kind of like pushed people's boundaries and didn't respect, um, their words, but like, that's people, that's real life people. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think it's important to have realistic, full-bodied depictions of personalities and because, you know, obviously people aren't perfect. And I think that's what makes characters relatable when they have a problem and they grow through it. And I will say that I noticed a character growth for Ryan, but we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the redeeming arc that we need that we didn't get in our previous book that you were describing Mm -hmm. to me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No redeeming arc for our love interest and potent pleasures. (laughs) But there's potential here. Dick through (laughs) through. So let's get into Punk 57. Yes, yes. Let me tell you guys all about Punk 57 by Penelope Douglas. This is my first read, my first experience of what this is going to be about. (laughs) We were perfect together until we met. Misha, I can't help but smile at the words in her letter. She misses me. In fifth grade, my teacher set us up with pen pals from a different school. Thinking I was a girl with a name like Misha, the other teacher paired me up with her student, Ryan. My teacher, believing Ryan was a boy like me, agreed. It didn't take long for us to figure out the mistake, and in no time at all, we were arguing about everything. The best takeout pizza, Android versus iPhone, whether or not Eminem is the greatest rapper ever, obviously. (laughs) And that was the start. For the next seven years, it was us. Her letters are always on black paper with silver writing. Sometimes there's one a week or three in a day, but I need them. She's the only one who keeps me on track, talks me down, and accepts everything that I am. We only had three rules. No social media, no phone numbers, no pictures. We had a good thing going. Why ruin it? Until I run across a photo of a girl online. 
names Ryan, loves Gallo's pizza, and worships her iPhone. What are the chances? Fuck it. I need to meet her. I just don't expect to hate what I find. Ryan. He hasn't written in three months. Something's wrong. Did he die? Get arrested? Knowing Misha, neither would be a stretch. Without him around, I'm going crazy. I need to know someone is listening. It's my own fault. I should have gotten his number or picture or something. He could be gone forever. Or right under my nose. And I wouldn't even know it. Ba-ba-bum! <sighs> I love that she writes him letters that are black paper with silver writing on it. Because mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I had the gel pens that were metallic. <laughs> and I would write with those on like dark paper. And it was my favorite. It was so cool. It was such a statement. It was. I loved it. it. Yeah. The best. It was, yeah, like I wouldn't be caught dead writing on binder paper to my friends. I bought that paper at Hot Topic or wherever you bought it. And then the gel pens, colors like ice blue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They were my favorite. And you had to have the whole gamut. You had to have like the the silvery green one, the silvery blue Mm -hmm. one, the silvery purple one. Yes. Yes. That was, oh my gosh, like the dopamine release when we talk about this, because it just brings me back to a time. Um, Yes, Mm -hmm. that was the outline, or sorry, that was the summary of the book. We get an introduction to Misha and Ryan. And now, before we kind of get off on, that's funny. (laughs) Not (laughs) Are you ready to get off, listeners? (laughs) Please, listen carefully. Um, Actually, I wouldn't suggest that people don't get off in general. That's a very healthy aspect of life, but that's not what I mean. Fully support it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, about the author time. So this is written in first person from Penelope's website. Hi. All right. My name is Penelope Douglas, and I write romance, new adult, erotica, a little contemporary, really whatever is calling me at the moment. I believe a good writer can spin any story in a way with which you'll connect, and I endeavor to do just that with every book I write. Not many topics are taboo for me. I love breaking rules, and I love taking myself out of my comfort zone. Why is that, you ask? Mm. Well, there's a reason for everything. I could tell you where I was born, how many siblings I have, or which hobbies I enjoy, but none of that really tells you about someone's life. Experiences do. As an adolescent, I was quiet, shy, and afraid. No mistakes could be made because people would hate me or I'd be alone. So rather than run, I walked. Rather than climb, I kept my feet on the ground. And rather than saying yes, I always said no. And as a result, I didn't live. And I still Mm -hmm. felt disposable, fearful, and alone. What would that say about me when I was, what would they say about me when I was gone? Would I have regrets? Every day that I didn't blaze a trail swallowed me up. So I decided I would, I wouldn't be invisible or waste another second. I left home, went to college and traveled. I took trains from Atsugi to Tokyo all by myself. I jumped Hiji Falls. When other jokes, I wouldn't do it. I did it twice. I climbed Mount Fuji. Yes. I climbed Mount Fuji and I moved to New Orleans for graduate school without knowing a single person in the city. I did what I dreamed, and I was a lot happier. I don't worry so much anymore, and I don't let others' opinions hold me back. Be yourself. Own it. You know what that means? Be loud and proud. Nurture who you are, and good things will come. Most importantly, your happiness. Love, Penelope. Oh, this is sweet. Yeah, isn't that a – it's awesome biography. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. You can find out more about Penelope Douglas at uh, her website, pendouglas.com, on Instagram at penelope.douglas, and you can follow her on Twitter at pendouglas. I couldn't find a Facebook, though I do know if you search hard enough, you can find like a reading group. Like she has like a Facebook group where she, her fans, uh, talk about her books and she's in the group. Um, I don't know the name That's of it. Fun. I, I'm sure you could find it. I don't, it seems pretty topical. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get into some ratings because, you know, we love to, we love to judge shit. Um, we just love that. <laughs> I'm going to rate this obviously because Rachel, you have no opinion yet. I have no opinion <laughs> yet. I am just waiting with bated breath. And You're like a blank little canvas. I'm about to just paint you. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> spice rating. These are all out of five. Okay. So spice rating, I gave it a four. Pretty high. Um, Pretty high for Jesse. <laughs> I know. I'm a jaded soul. Like, unless it's like global <laughs> erotica, I'm like 3.5. <laughs> but this has a lot of chemistry between the main characters. There's a lot of like, mm, you know, like at least, <clears throat> sorry, my experience, I, I really did feel the chemistry. I felt the pull. Um, I felt the, the, the longing. And I don't know, maybe some people read this and didn't feel it, but I really did. So, and they have, um, there's a fair amount of sex. There's a fair amount of foreplay. There's like teasy scenes. There's sex in a car. There's, oh, um, outside of a bedroom. <laughs> Chaos. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> there's breaking and entering sex, which I'll get into later. Um, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, so that it, it covers a fair amount of things, um, Okay. And there's other things Four. I'll get into about that awesome. as well. I'll get, yeah, I'll get into more stuff about that too. Cause the sex scenes get a little, I feel like they should be examined a little bit and we will. So All right. trope rating, this is fairly medium on the tropes. I mean, it's got the tried and true classics for me, which, you know, make it just a classic meal. So we've got, you know, three out of five, we had bullying, we had a love hate relationship, their childhood friends, which I know is Rachel's favorite. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not always horrible where it's horrible is when the childhood friend is like the one's a child, but the other's an adult. Uh, <laughs> you know, okay. That's definitely that's where it's problematic. <laughs> that's the, I have a childhood friend and not childhood friend. <laughs> well, that was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, guess I'm thinking like death from our grave witch series where it's like, he was there when she was five. Okay. Yes, he is death itself. He does not have an age. So yeah, it's like, yes. yeah, it's a little weird. Kind of weird. Um, okay. Love letters. And then my favorite asshole, the heart of gold. I'm sure there's more, but that's all I got so far. And then awesome. out of overall rating, a four out of five. I loved it. It has a 3.9 on Goodreads. I mean, right. I, it's a four for me. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, but so I will say that like I I really enjoyed this book, but I'm gonna talk some shit about some of the characters, okay? Um, yeah, yeah, because some of the characters were not my fave, obviously, and I think they're written to be disliked. But then, like our main character Ryan, like I have some criticisms of her, not as a written product, but you know, as a person, and I think that's fair. Um, so our, our main characters are, are Ryan and Misha. Ryan is, you know, popular and beautiful and smart and shallow. 
Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> all, you know, all the things you need. Um, she has a secret artistic side. She doesn't show anyone because she kind of has this popular girl, pretty reputation to maintain. Now, yes, um, and you cannot be simultaneously popular as well as artsy. That is just, you don't do that. Artsy is weird. Mm. You cannot be popular and artsy at the same time. We all know this from all the movies we watch. <laughs> yes, I mean, I've seen She's All That, okay? Lainey yeah. is yeah. weird. And I'm, Super and I'm being weird. Like, obviously, she's the <laughs> person. And yeah. like, for example, in 10 Things I Hate About You, uh, mm-hmm. is she's a bitch, you know, and <laughs> you can't and like has a soul of a poet, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't be popular and also write poetry. That's not okay. And it's so strange because like that is so bass backwards for me because I yeah. literally have this is what I, I I value it. <laughs> are you artsy? <laughs> you are instantly more cooler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. But, you know, uh, you, you were a theater kid and I was an art nerd. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> we, we didn't fit this paradigm. <laughs> I mean, um, there you go. <laughs> so that's Ryan, right? And then we have Misha. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tattooed bad boy, doesn't sugarcoat anything. Um, he's, he's the opposite of Ryan. He's unapologetically himself. Um, you know, he was socialized as a man, so that's not totally surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He, you know, he's, he's got less, um, the stakes are a little less high for him, but he, that's an important part of this book is that he's the, he's the exact opposite of her. Um, so yeah, as like, if we were just to get right into it, can I just go? Cause I'm, I guess. Yeah, go. This is right. all you. I'm here Are to enjoy and interact. I'm ready for the ride. Are you ready I for the stretched. ride? Yes. Stretched. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Just, can you tug on that seatbelt for me? Thank you. Okay. Yes. You're good to go. <laughs> Arms up. Anyway, <laughs> Ryan and Misha were, you know, okay, this is the basics. Ryan and Misha were assigned pen pals in grade school because their teacher thought they were the same gender, whatever the fuck, same sex. They because they both have weird name. names. It's so weird, right? <laughs> so weird. Misha and Ryan. Ryan. Oh, God. What? Oh, God. It's like, I mean, I think those names are cool. And I think I like that they're kind of gender neutral. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they kind of figured it out. They figured out, haha. And But they kept pen palling for years and years and years, all the way through high school. Um, and this is like, it became almost very intimate. They knew every side of each other. They... Like, I think at one point in the book, like, they open up about their deepest, darkest fears. And at one point, I think, um, I think, uh, you know, he, Misha opens up about how he doesn't have enough money for lunch this week or something. And and she, she, in her next letter, she sent him like a $5 bill or something. She, you know, like, they were kind of a thing. They were like a childhood puppy love thing. They um, they developed a kind of a, almost like a, I don't, I don't want to say it's possessiveness over each other, but you know, kind of like that childhood first love feeling. Like, I don't think either of them yeah. ever named it. Um, mm-hmm. but he was a musician. So she would, he would always send her his lyrics. Right. And she would, oh. and, right, and then and she'd so, go all doe-eyed for his creativity. Yes. Um, and, and she showed him a side of herself that she didn't show anybody else. And it's like, I think, 
I think there was like the Ryan that came out in the letters, which was like her deepest, darkest parts. And then there was the Ryan who was like winning sports championships and getting straight A's. And she felt like, mm-hmm. you know, he saw the side of her she couldn't show anybody else. And I don't think he knew that. I think he kind of just knew this side of her and he thought, well, this chick's cool. Like she's down. She's yeah. not judgy, you know, cause you know, and he's not, he, I want to say like, even though he needed money, I don't remember what the exact reason was, but he was not in any way poor. <laughs> he comes oh, from, he wasn't, no, he, he lives in a much richer neighborhood than her. Um, she doesn't know this though, because they weren't allowed to ever, you know, that was part of their rules. They didn't know each other in yeah. real life, but yeah, he lives was in that, Thunder Bay and it's like, was that maybe more to do with like kind of being part of a wealthy family where maybe the priorities weren't the family and like maybe the children weren't the priority. And so maybe it's like kind of lost in the shuffle. Like, Oh, my parents didn't send me with money and now I don't not going to have money or something like that. It seems weird. (laughs) It It is weird. And I, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact details, but I, it's been like a couple months since I've read the book fully all the way through, but there was something going on. I do know that even though, you know, he comes from money and a political, sorry, a, a, a kind of a political family, like he has family who are in politics and <clears throat> mm-hmm. he, he has some hardships, right? Like I think at one point, I think his mom left the picture and um, it was very traumatic for him. He has a little sister and um, mom skipped town. Mom kind of left and you don't get a lot of details around that, but he is really bothered by that, obviously. Like, you know, so his, he's raised by his yeah. dad. And uh, anyway, the point is that, like, you know, he and Ryan develop this really sweet relationship. And she uses, like, she's kind of like, she used him to be an outlet. I put that she used, mm-hmm. you know, she she used him as an outlet because being fake at school is exhausting. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, this but, is someone that you can finally let your guard down around and be like who you really feel like you are inside. And she didn't feel safe doing no. that in her everyday life. She didn't feel safe to be her complete self. And he didn't know how to not be his complete self. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway one thing leads to another. And I think they're like 17 or 18 years old. They're like basically end of high school. And they, uh, what was I going to say? They end up at the same concert. Now it's his concert. He's in a band. She doesn't know. Oh. This. I believe it's, I, again, I'm so sorry. It's been so long. Sorry, but I think it was his concert. I think it was definitely a musical concert. And there was like mm-hmm. this event going on at the concert because it was like set in like this old converted warehouse or something, whatever. And there's like a scavenger hunt. And a scavenger a- hunt. <laughs> so this is not Sign like. Sign me up. Yes, I know. This isn't like a regional concert. Okay. This is like a small yes. town band, a local band, and they put it on, probably make no money. Mm-hmm. And like the promoters are probably like, let's get people in the door by having a scavenger hunt. Cause this is a smaller town. That makes sense. That and makes it, so it much would sense. get you in the door, so um, it would. <laughs> <laughs> the way to success. Yeah. So as part of the scavenger hunt, he's um, Misha's there, and he's kind of brooding in the corner because again, he's the bad boy type. He's got tattoos. He's got like this kind of shaggy black hair, lip ring. He's beautiful, but he's hot. He's broody, whatever. And he sees some of like the submissions or something, 
and um, mm-hmm. he notices like this beautiful girl and we're on the photos and it's like he somehow starts to kind of like put together he's like no way this I think this is Ryan even though we have this agreement that we're not supposed to see each other he's like I just gotta I gotta like go investigate this because if it's her it's yeah. her man and because well, he sees this beautiful girl and her name is Ryan which is a very <laughs> unique name for a girl right yeah <laughs> yeah so he's like oh I gotta go so he does that I was kind of like backtracking before he was at this concert. Um, he was driving and his sister was on a jog and she's like, I don't know. She seems like really fit. She's younger than him, and but she seems like active and kind of athletic. And he's trying to convince her to get in the car and he'll take her back home. He's like, it's dark out. You know, why are you running? And, and she's like, you know, fuck off. Um, <laughs> I don't need you. Um, I do what I want, big brother. Leave me alone. Yeah, I know. I got the big brother trope right away. He was definitely kind of like very protective of, um, I think her name's Annie. Yeah. And okay. um, anyway, uh, he, I don't know what happens, but he's at this, then fast forward, he, he ends up leaving her there because she's like, no. And he's like, all right, I'll see you at home. And I don't know, there's something about getting her a candy bar. I don't know. It's kind of cute. And you can tell they're like, they're like, close and he goes to the concert then he sees ryan there and he's he kind of like finds her and i think oh god i'm not messing this up whatever don't don't flame me penelope but i think he one of the uh scavenger hunt things is to take a picture with someone from the band or something i don't know anything like that Uh but like they end up taking a picture with him and he's like He's, like, kind of just staring at her, you know, because she doesn't know. She doesn't know it's Misha. And he's kind of, like – And he's seeing kind of who she is, and she's a little snobby almost. Like, he's just like, wow, this is not who I thought. This couldn't be Ryan, like my Ryan, he calls it. He couldn't be my Ryan. And um, anyway, it was. And so he's kind of, like, a little disturbed by it. But I I can't remember if he kind of makes up his mind then that he doesn't like her but mm-hmm. everything kind of comes to a halt because he gets all these like missed calls or something on his phone and he misses them. And it's his dad because his sister had died. What? Yeah, his sister oh, died. Oh, no. How tragic. Mm-hmm. It is really tragic. I will tell you right oh. now, they don't tell you this till later in the book. She had like a heart attack or something. She had like an, a health issue. She wasn't like, I thought the whole time she was picked up, kidnapped, and murdered, and left in a ditch or something, because the, the way they set it up is, like, she's running in the dark. Why are you running in the dark? Um, yeah. And I can't remember okay. if he missed a call from her. And so and has some kind of guilt around oh, it. he's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Misha like, is- it's his fault. He should have been there for her. He should have taken her home, even though she didn't want to go home. Yes. And the fact that he didn't means that it was his fault and she wouldn't have died if only he had taken her home like he wanted to. It's his fucking fault, according to him. Um, yes. And he's devastated, right? Um, first, he lost his mom. And I think he kind of feels like he lost Ryan in a little way because he's like, she's not at all who I thought she was. That's yeah yeah it's like the death of who he believed ryan to be (laughs) like all the women in his life um and uh so yeah he ends up leaving home doesn't want to live at home anymore i don't think him and his dad get along i think once his sister dies they just clash because i think a part of him you know blames his dad or blames his parents and they maybe he feels blaming himself. Like I could have done something. So he just, he moves out of that big house and he starts living Mm -hmm. at this place called the Cove and the Cove is an abandoned carnival. (laughs) (laughs) I want to live in an abandoned carnival. 
that sounds it's fun. Really, it's weird because like, yeah, it's like, what are you doing there, bud? Um, that doesn't seem comfortable when you have this big mansion in front of Bay. Why aren't you just sleeping there and give your dad the finger, you know? Like, I don't know. Anyway, but that's yeah. not how he rolls. He's like, he's no. like a bad boy. So No, he, he cannot can, stay yeah. in contact with these people that he is now cut out of his life. Like, no. Unacceptable. He has to be his own man. And his family died as as far as we're concerned. So now um, he's living at the Cove. He's not talking to his family. You know, a couple months have passed since that night. And he's not talking to Ryan as well. He has not written Ryan a single letter because he is fucking deep in the dark depths of grief. Um, and you know, there's a couple scenes where his friends try to come find him and he's just like, they're like, have you written anything? And he's like, no. And they're like, fuck, man, you are like, come on, like, what's going on? And he's like, leave me alone. And he's sleeping. So at the cove where he's sleeping is in this like underground, like, I guess there's like a tunnel. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I've never been to this place. (laughs) People have coves in their town with carnivals that have underground tunnels in them. I don't fucking know, but he's sleeping in this like basement room in one of the tunnels, kind of like, I'd assume where like a maintenance person would sleep who takes care of the cove, but the cove is abandoned. There's no one running the carnival. So he's sleeping down there, like basically in this stone little hovel, it feels like. And, um, (laughs) One night he's gone and I don't like, I'm, I'm giving you this dear listener. You don't really get all, I don't know if this is clear to you. I'm no, I'm saying this now. Someone who's read the whole book. So I guess he's gone one night and who is to stumble upon the cove, but Ryan, um, Ryan's with, Ryan's with all of her shitty friends. Again, she's popular. She's the prom mm-hmm. queen to be. Her, the guy, Trey, who's like the douche, he's like the a perfect douche guy. guy. <laughs> he's totally like the absolute epitome of a jerk face, kind of sleazy, whatever. He's also the principal's son, you know, so he gets away with Ugh. everything he wants. And he definitely- The worst. He wants to sleep with Ryan. He's trying to feel up on her as they're at this abandoned carnival. And she's like, stop it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, come on. And um, they somehow because find in her way. heart, in her heart, is she like I'm with him for now because that's who I need to be for my yes. outside persona. But like, yes. this isn't real. <laughs> it's not real. He's very much like aware that this is like bullshit. She's like, eh, <laughs> he'll be good for prom king, and mm-hmm. she kind there of like go. strings him along. And she's very beautiful <laughs> and very like sexy, so she knows she can. Um, And you got to think about having a good running mate for these sorts of things. It's politics. Got to have a good running mate. It's politics. Um, So anyway, um, he, so they, they somehow stumble upon these underground tunnels and they're Mm. like, oh, um, look at all these nice, cool tunnels. We should go explore them because this is how a horror movie starts. And I don't know, these kids are dumb and bored. Like, <laughs> No, I'm like, that sounds amazing. I want to go exploring underground tunnels abandoned and abandoned carnival. Yes, 100% yes. Okay. Like, well, okay. Maybe you so, would like yeah. I, some of the places I've been are just magical. I love urban ruins, like especially. Uh, one of my favorites is that um, – is it Cal State Channel Islands or I think it's Cal State Channel Islands. Um, it's actually kind of built on the grounds of an old um, asylum. <laughs> and so when I visited my friend that was in school there back in like, what, 2006 or something, they still had the old asylum hospital building there. And like word on the street is like, 
the song Hotel California was kind of like based off of this oh, wow. hospital. Um, and it was all boarded, like it had um, chain link fences around it and it was had things like no trespassing, you're not allowed to go in it. And so, of course, when we went to go visit my friend, we waited for nighttime to fall and we like broke in <laughs> to this um, place. We just like climbed over the fence and went wandering through this old insane asylum and there was like even a part where we kind of went down into the basement and that's where they had the morgue and Mm -hmm. there were still the there was still the like tables that they laid out the bodies to drain them there were the refrigerator doors in the walls as you went across around on the upper levels there was just random stuff left there like a typewriter in the middle of a hallway on the ground or random um, random kind of uh, things for sleeping on, you know, that thing that's on a bed that you sleep in. That's it. Random mattresses, like falling apart beds. It was so freaking cool. And I would go back there in a heartbeat if they didn't tear it down about a year or two later and replace it with like a new library. <laughs> it was very cool. Libraries. Right. So not as good as a boarded up insane asylum. Okay, number Wait, one. Okay, first of all, number one, you're a criminal. I know. <laughs> you're trespassing. <laughs> you're to a crime on our podcast. Wow. I've been doing lots of trespassing lately. <laughs> I also did a hike recently where I trespassed on like Rachel. railroad land. <laughs> but I saw a beautiful waterfall as a result of it. So it worked out. I know. Number two, <laughs> you're nuts. <laughs> you're nuts. Like, I have, you just went to an assignment. I 100, fun. <laughs> yeah, I 100% would have done like a seance there if my friends would have been up for it. Because it would be cool. It would be good fun. Why not? Because you lack realism? Because what's going to – there's three things that come home with you. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> An adventure. Sounds like someone who's never had anything come home with them. Anyway. It's yeah. true. I, I'm completely not sensitive to ghosts. Like if you ever want – to not experience ghosts in a haunted place, take me along with you and they won't appear. I think it's because I'm just so full of life. So ghosts just, hate you? Yeah. Yeah, they're like, well, she's too much. That that radiant star child over there. We got to It's true. You are like a sunshine. That. You're like a beam of sunshine. <laughs> I'm okay. We'll take you're like we're just going to take you and instead of some sort of like cleansing rich we're just going to like move you around a room. Um Yes, perfect. Help you. You're gonna help us. Um, so okay. Anyway, so these teenagers, I don't know, whatever. They're like walking around underneath this cove, and um, Ryan's friend Ten, um, and her. His name's Ten. It's cool. Everyone has cool names. And um, they find this room where someone's seemingly living. Like, what is this? A janitor? They don't know. But there's a there's a book full of lyrics. And um, <gasps> there's a scarf, and they kind of take some things with them because they're rude. Um, these are <laughs> bitches. Like, like, clearly, it wasn't abandoned. There was like things written on the wall, like you know, I don't know. It kind of sounded kind of like bananas looking, like maybe someone had written on the wall. I don't know, like. I don't know if mm-hmm. I would have touched anything, but they're like, <laughs> like most, you know, explorers, they take from their sites and they don't at all respect them. So yeah, 
whatever. Anyway, they leave the cove and they're like, wow, that was weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so weird. I have a question. Mm -hmm. So there's the book of lyrics there. We know that he had shared lyrics with Ryan in their letters. Did his band never end up singing at the concert that they were at? Yeah. um, From my memory, I don't, I kind of feel like maybe, maybe they did, but like, I think because they were trying, okay, a couple things. I don't think they wanted to know their real life people, like mm-hmm. their real life persona. So I, maybe he didn't give her yeah. the, um, the name of the band and she just, the honor code system worked for her and she never like looked them up. Yeah. I guess I'm just curious, like if she was there, like if they would have started singing and she recognized well, the he's lyrics. He's the lead that... singer of the band. You know, it's, yeah, he's sexy and everyone knows well, it. Like, you know, and yeah, and I'm already I'm... feeling drawn to him that way. And then if he started saying the lyrics that she knows that she is treasured because they've been shared with her, it just seems like uh, she would have been like, or huh. even, yeah, huh, those, those sound familiar. I know those. So I don't know. Curious. I don't know how, but like, it, no, there's no clocking him at this point for her at the show either. She does not, it's only him who's like, this is Ryan. So, yeah. Anyway, so then, okay, what happens is she goes back to school and there's a new student. There's a new boy in class. And she's, you know, still Miss, she's Miss Thing around school. She like dresses in like a little cheerleading outfit. She's popular. This guy, Trey, who's like a total blah, you know, he's always trying to get (laughs) with her in classes. Like, but she's very smart. Like you can tell she's not just whatever a pretty face which I hate that term but she's actually very smart she's doing really well Trey doesn't seem to really care about school and he doesn't have to because his mom's the principal um and he's probably like some folio in khakis I have no idea and um the guy who walks in is the new student let me tell you his name is Mason Laurent (laughs) Mason Mason Laurent he changed his name he changed that it's Misha everyone it's Misha it's Misha it's him he he joined her school as a new student so did he join because he knew that's where she was or did he join because when you move out of your rich house into an abandoned carnival you're no longer in the district for your old school (laughs) the the carnival zone differently (laughs) I mean it makes sense like, the lines they, we don't want those carny folks at our fancy <laughs> private school <laughs> no well, mad respect no um yeah I don't know okay so here I'll tell you there's a there's a twist here but I can't tell you till the end okay. but yes okay. he he got his credits to graduate already he doesn't need to be in school he's there for another reason and she is oh. definitely one of those reasons like I oh. I think he may you know kind of not say it, but definitely mm-hmm. Ryan is one of those reasons. And instantly he's a terror to her because she's used to being the pretty girl around school and he doesn't give a single mm-hmm. flying fuck about her. And the chapters yeah. go back and forth between both of their perspectives. And he's pretty, he's not only is he grieving his sister and he's in a, like a really sour mood all the time. He's really disgusted with who she is and yeah. seeing her in class <laughs> You know, she's basically like her friends are bullying people and they're the bullies yeah. of the school. And she just kind of sits there yeah. and like, 
come on. <laughs> she like doesn't do anything. And he's just kind of lets like, it happen. Mm-hmm. And he expects more of her from his Ryan. Oh, so he's disappointed. He's got to put her in her place, I think. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> and he has no problem with it. I think like, and he does this several times. I think one of the first times it happens is, of course, Trey picks up on him and he's like, look at this like total fucking future criminal, you know, because he has tattoos. Like, oh, you know, well, first of all, I don't know how a minor got tattoos, but the point I is, mean, I we know. just talked about all the laws I'm breaking and here I am covered in tattoos. So it makes sense. You're makes a lawbreaker. Sense. Um Mm-hmm. I just uh, don't expect me to come bail you out. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, they're trying to fuck with him. You know, they're trying to give him shit because he's a loner. He kind of clearly just sits by himself. He doesn't seem to care. Um, and so she goes over there because she's like, he's kind of cute. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, right. He's a loser. And she's like, so she goes over to him to kind of like poke at him a little bit. And she's like, hey, you know, like. I forgot what she says to him, but she's it's at lunch and everyone's watching, of course. And he knows this. And he's mm-hmm. kind of like, he's just staring at her because he's just like, I can't believe this is Ryan. I cannot believe this is my Ryan who wrote to me about her quirkiness and these weird things she was into. And she's sitting here trying to taunt me in front of her dumb friends. And um, yeah. she tries to kind of sexually come on to him too. Not like, okay, it's not like, you know what I'm saying? She kind of like sits her on the table and she kind of does her little cooking. Yeah. Well, and she's, like, feeling out the power that she could have over him. Exactly. And so I think at one point he either pulls her into his lap or, like, he kind of ups the ante and he's like, oh, okay. And she's like, (laughs) whoa. And um, and she makes a comment to him, like, most – I'm not – this is not – this is me paraphrasing, but my understanding of the scene was, like, you know, she's like, oh, most people really, you know – I'm, you know, popular or whatever. And he, like, licks her neck. He, like, right there. As on the- one does when trying to put someone in their place. <laughs> neck licking. Um, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, no thanks. You taste like shit. <laughs> <laughs> you may be popular in some ways, but you taste like shit. <laughs> exactly. Ready to spice things up in the bedroom? Treat yourself to a pair of exceptional leather restraints and collars from Leather Etc. Whether you've been getting kinky for years or are just looking for something fun to bring into your relationship, Leather Etc. has what you're looking for. Don't let low-quality gear ruin the mood. Chafing, sharp edges, and broken hardware are distractions that you don't want in the bedroom. Nope. A high-quality set of gear lets you get lost in the moment. You can struggle all you want in their restraints. They use high-quality hardware that's virtually unbreakable. (laughs) (laughs) When you bring something into the bedroom, it can be heartbreaking when it breaks. It really can. (laughs) You want something that can become a part of your intimacy for years to come. When properly cared for, Leather Etc.'s gear will last you a lifetime. Much of their gear features no metal on the wearer's skin, and this means it won't cause discomfort and is better for subs with nickel allergies. Like you. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) 95% of restraints and collars made by Leather Etc. are handmade in San Francisco by a staff with over 200 years 
That's a lot of years <laughs> of combined experience. They're like fairies. I know. <laughs> They've been doing this a long time. Yep. They start with the highest quality leather hide and stitch it together by hand using techniques learned from over 35 years of being in the business. That's why their gear is the highest quality you'll find anywhere. Yes. So what are you waiting for? Visit leatheretcetera.com today and grab a pair of handcuffs or maybe a collar from Leather Etc. and see the difference quality gear can make. I already grabbed a sweet day collar that I absolutely adore, and they also have a great selection of sensory toys that I started to explore. So awesome! Go check it out, and uh, don't forget to use our code Bodice Ripper at checkout for ten percent off on top of free shipping on orders over fifty dollars. That's code B O D I C E R I P P E R. Did I spell that right? Yeah, <laughs> for ten percent off as well as free shipping. For orders over $50, okay? Leather, etc. Made with love, for love, since 1985. Just like you. I'm a year older. <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know how old you old. are. I'm just close, very close. Sorry for dating you. <laughs> Go buy some toys. Go buy them now. So, it's like... That's the beginning of the book. The beginning of the book is like focuses on, you know, Mason and how he's a bad boy and how he's disgusted with her. And she's nothing like the quirky girl in his letters. Um, he, he doesn't like her. She's fake and snotty. She's opportunistic. And there's also several classroom scenes where he takes a bite out of her and not in a sexy way. I think at one point oh. the, the teacher tries to talk to her about why she didn't want to write the essay about this, this book. And she's like, I'm just disgusted by the age gap. And so he, Mason kind of like perks right up. And again, this is Misha, by the way. So he knows everything about yeah. him. He's, he's kind of got an unfair advantage. And he was like, did yeah. you read Twilight? And she's like, <sighs> yes. And he knows that she was obsessed with Twilight because he knows everything about her. And he so, knows her deeply. Uh-huh. And so he's like, um, tell me, how old was Edward? And she was like, <laughs> let's talk about age gaps. Then <laughs> he gets up in front of the class and he's like, can I please look something up on the computer? And she's like, oh my God, you're so annoying. And he's like, I just want to make sure I'm correct here. Oh my God, he's over a hundred years old. And he was like, uh-huh. oh, but I bet you went and saw him at the theater because you think he's fucking hot. And she's like, I hate you. And she's like, oh, so they keep trying to one up each other, but you know, and, uh-huh. um, Meanwhile, Trey's trying to get in her pants and she's like, I don't want to sleep with you and I fucking hate Mason and he's really throwing me off my game. Ugh. And um, and then uh, her friend Lila, who's a total fake person friend, is secretly fucking Trey, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh. And Mason ew. knows okay. this. He like he walks the the locker room one day and sees them fucking in a shower and he's like, "Oh, this is too good." <laughs> <laughs> fucking Trey. He was like, "Cool. I got this piece um, of information." He's going to tuck that away for future <laughs> ammunition. <laughs> he's like trying cuz like whenever he sees her, he's kind of he's kind of bullying her in a way. He was like She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, why are you afraid your shitty friends will know you like me? And, you know, and she's like, he kind of taunts her. And, like, she's like, no. And he was like, oh, my God. He was like, my God. <laughs> so at, so then things get a little serious, right? So, and I'm these order events are not totally correct. So, but whatever. At one point, um, 
she goes home one night and someone's in her room. It's Mason. What? And Wait, he, what? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's creepy. That is creepy, but only he knows where the hidden key is because she wrote him in the letters. I think at one point he knows where the spare key is. And, and like, honestly, if she loved Twilight, he knows that he she is kind of into the idea of someone coming into your room while you're sleeping and then just suddenly being there. You know, that might have been a Twilight you. nod. That might have been a – I don't know if you know, <laughs> but that might have been a Twilight nod. He breaks into her room because he, like – he has, like, a sharpened pencil and he, like, threatens her with it, like a fucking shank or something. I forgot. He has something sharp and he's, like – you stole Whoa. something of mine. You stole something of mine and you're going to give it the fuck back to me. Is it the book of lyrics? It's the book of lyrics and it's a scarf. Ah! Uh, the scarf. Yeah, the scarf is important. Is it his sister's scarf yeah, or something? it's his sister's scarf. Oh, yeah. He stole it. Yeah. So he's like, you bring it tomorrow. You know, he and he's like, he's mean to her. He's like, you fucking bitch, you better bring it tomorrow. And she's like, what is going on? Oh my God, oh my God, like, Jesus Christ, I'll give you, you know, she was like, that was yours? You're homeless? I don't know. <laughs> 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 like, he doesn't answer any of her questions. She's like, you just bring it the fuck back. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, and there's more like taunting, I think, you know, she goes to school and he's always there and he's always kind of staring at her. And she's like, mm-hmm. I don't like you. She finally gives him his scarf back. She has to get one of the items. I forgot. I think her friend 10 had the scarf and she's like, just bring it back. Like, it's not ours. We have to get, and she was like, okay. Like imagine stealing something from an abandoned cove and your friend's like, Hey, I need that scrap of fabric. back. I really, really need that thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so she, she's getting these things together and he's, he's, he's threatening her. He's very serious. And, and she's like, Oh, you want your little book of poems back? And he's like, I will fucking shank you. He's like, you give me my shit back. He's like, you fake bitch. Um, yeah. And, you um, always told me you loved my little poems. Exactly. So no, there. And his inner dialogue. His inner dialogue is like, my Ryan would never have cared. And she would never have done this. I don't know who this like, like, she's from, she's not she's real. She's an interloper. She is a pod person and yeah. she did something with my Ryan. My Ryan. And so also meanwhile – while all this is happening, she, like, you know, is missing Misha, and she wishes, like, she writes him more letters, and he's not at home to get them because he's homeless and living at the Cove. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's just, like, kind of going crazy, like, did I do something wrong? Why doesn't he write to me anymore? Like, is he dead? You know, she's driving. She she broke one of the rules and drove to his house. And, like, she... His dad answered the door and he was kind of like, no, he's not here. And she's like, okay. And then she runs away. She like doesn't, she, she knew she broke a rule of like, but she's just like, she's in love with Misha. She really is like, that's her yeah. person. And it's just kind of crazy that she doesn't know what's happening. And then at certain points too, throughout the school, someone is vandalizing the school. Like, Ooh. and they're, they're, they're spray painting song lyrics all over the walls what a way to vandalize. <laughs> Very mysterious. And the artist's name is Punk. Um, oh. I think it's, I don't know if it's Punk 57, but it's Punk. Um, and so Punk will strike every other week. And um, of oh. course, you know, Mason is. Who could it be? Mason's a lyricist. So everyone's looking at him and he's a delinquent. <laughs> He'll yeah. Be it would make sense. 
Yeah. If you have tattoos, you are definitely tagging buildings. Yes, of course. And so um, one day uh, he's showering at school late at night, you know, because he's a delinquent and it's homeless. And and homeless, doesn't have anywhere else to shower. Got to do he what he can. He has a mansion to shower in, but he doesn't want to go. And um, anyway, <laughs> he... <laughs> gets caught by these two security guards because remember someone's vandalizing the school and it's definitely not Misha. And so he's there yeah. late at night showering and he's like, book, I got to go. So he books it and he runs straight into another graffiti piece. And he's like, someone graffitied the school. And he's uh, like, oh shit, if I'm caught here, they're definitely going to think it was me. And at this point you're kind of like, it is you. So he goes to hide. <laughs> he goes to hide in the classroom. Guess who's mm-hmm. hiding in the classroom? Is it Ryan? It's Ryan. Guess who oh has my a, goodness. Who has a bag full of spray paint? It's <gasps> Ryan. Oh, she's lashing out because she has no more control over her perfect life. Yes. Is she and trying to frame him? No, but she definitely would sell him out for sure. Um, so they're hiding and the security goes like they're like two dummies. And they're like hiding in the closet and he's like, you know, kind of like it's you. <laughs> Good. He was like, you're punk. And she's just like, I've had a really hard couple months. I used to have an outlet where I could write my feelings, but I just, I don't have that outlet anymore. And he kind Aww. of is sitting there and he's like, oh, that was me. He was like, oh, <laughs> back. and being fake is exhausting. Um, uh-huh. And so he's kind of like, oh shit. Okay. So they make a they make a run for it and trick the security guards and end up hiding in a library. And for the record, this is not um, I skipped over a majorly interesting part. I'm sorry, and that is that there's a scene before this when she returns the scarf to him okay, and good. the book, and they're in a physics lab. He yanks her from the hallway to get it, and he yanks her in this dark uh-huh. room, and they have like a grindy, sexy kiss, and and. Um, uh-huh. And then, like, she's like, he's, she's like, you're a loser. He's like, you're a bitch. And then they make out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I hate you. I hate you. Fireworks. It's this, yeah. <laughs> Smash your hands together. Kisses. Um, and then she, like, grinds on him in his lap. And then at the end of it, he was like, okay. He's like, yeah, you better go. He's like, we don't want your shitty friends to know you like this. And, um, and then she's like, whatever. And he's like, go sit in Trey's lap. So I know that, uh, cause I want to, I want to think about how I was just grinding against his girlfriend's ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm into a little bit of cuckolding. So help me experience that. Yes, he is. He's like, he's, oh yeah. So he's kind of into, so anyway, um, now fast forward, he finds out she's punk, they're hiding and um, he takes her off running, running, running really fast away from the security guards. And she's like, Mason, Mason, stop, stop. And he's like, oh, no, no, we have to go. And she's like, <gasps> she's like breathing really heavy. And he finally gets her into oh. the library. And it was asthma. She has asthma. Oh, and no. <laughs> add this. I'm so sorry. This fucking girl has asthma and tells no one about it. She has no one at school knows she has asthma. She hides her inhaler. 
I mean, it's the most shameful thing. It's like shameful having thing. asthma is something that you should feel shame and horror about and should definitely hide from everyone. And it definitely won't result in dangerous situations no, uh, when like no one, one has an idea that you need an inhaler. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. When she's sitting there in the library and they're hiding and she's hyperventilating, he's like, what's, what's going on? And she's like choking, right? Cause that's an asthma attack. You can't breathe. And she's mm-hmm. like, trying to say like my inhaler and he remembers he's like oh Ryan has asthma and he was like I'll get your inhaler he just kind of knows to get it and she doesn't seem to notice it but it is kind of strange he gets her inhaler and he gives it to her and he was like I can't believe I did this to her like I forgot you know sweet Ryan she has asthma I can't believe I did that he's actually a good person (laughs) yeah he's like oh she has asthma and she's like don't tell anyone and he's like are you fucking serious (laughs) he's just like are you fucking Really? It goes this far? Um, uh-huh. And then he, um, the cops leave, and so he finger bangs her on the floor. Um, <laughs> that is a natural progression of healing an asthma attack. You know, inhaler is step one. Finger banging is step two to healing. <laughs> um, it's incredible. Like, it's it's a pretty sexy scene. He, like, he's a very demanding kind of lover I guess he's like take Mm -hmm. off your shirt and she's like no and he was like damn it take off your shirt like it's not like they're not like tender they're like I hate you and he was like get naked um that's kind of the end (laughs) like and they don't doesn't want to admit she likes it but she totally is into his bad boyness and he doesn't he doesn't like he's the only person who's real with her like at one point in the book she's like you probably think I'm being stupid and he says no, I think you're just, you know, being a coward and stupid. And stupid. Coward and stupid or something. Mm-hmm. I forgot the words, but like he does. He doesn't hold anything back from her. And he's like, this is so not cute. Like you're being dishonest. What's wrong with you? Um, so they kind of hook up there. And at that point, it's like starting to become very clear that they like each other and she doesn't want to admit it, but she's like, oh my god I can't stop thinking about him and um I forgot if anything else happens at this point that's important but literally um there's this is when we get into like more of the big sexier scenes um Mm -hmm. and let's see there's a rumor going around school that Mason slept with this other girl and (gasps) oh no Right. Because after, you know, after they have their little library moment, she was like, well, if you think I'm going to like blow you now, you're wrong. And he's like, I know where to get it. Don't worry about it. And then, (laughs) you know, there's a rumor going around that, you know, because in the parking lot, they exchange numbers and Ryan sees it. She's not mad at all, even though she's totally fucking No. No, why would she even fucking care? He can call who he wants to call. I don't care. Yeah, she's got um, Trey who's always, like, trying to, like, paw all over her. And, like, whenever she looks, like, Mason's kind of staring at them. And he's, like, oof. Um, and he, like, throws a soda can at her. <laughs> he's, like, oops, sorry. Wait, Mason does or Trey does? You know, whenever she – she's, like, whenever she does that thing where, like, she tries to ignore him, he'll, like, make himself very known. Like, he'll be sitting across, like, the hallway and she'll, like – they're like, oh, that Mason guy's staring at you. And she's like, he can look. And then, like, a soda can gets chucked at her head. And he's like, I oh, am. <laughs> oh, my bad. Oh. there. Except he has I, I'm all. sorry. I thought there was a trash can there, but it was you. <laughs> you the trash can. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
So this all culminates at a drive-in movie, right? Um, of course. That's what <gasps> a drive-in movie theater? I love yes. it. Oh, my God. Um, and they get into a little fight because she's, quote-unquote, not jealous over him sleeping with that total freaking horror, whatever her name is. And he was like, tell me you're jealous. He was like, I just want to hear, you know, he like corners her in like the concession line. <laughs> He's like, oh, are you jealous? He's like, because I slept with her. And she's like, no. And she's like, leave me alone. And her friends are there and they're like, uh, he likes uh. you. I don't care. And then she goes and tries to key his truck or something. Like, and she's like, she's getting really like sassy. Like she's like, she gets in his car. She hides herself in his truck, right? <laughs> he's gonna like she's this is gonna end it. well you know this like, is gonna end. <laughs> she's like this, this can only go good I'm gonna hide in his truck and then do something to make him feel sorry for the things he's been doing for being a free agent <laughs> um, how dare he <laughs> so of course she's sitting there she finds a pocket knife in his like glove and she's just sitting there with the pocket knife like do I really want to like carve in his seats right now and then of course he gets in the truck and he's like oh hi and she's like got a knife like oh <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing happened I'm, nothing's happening here everything's fine I yeah. think I lost I lost my thing here I'm just looking like, for my what thing what is this knife doing um, anyway <laughs> so of course he's like okay whatever and so then he's like he basically is like you know, I know you're jealous. Um, I know that you are mad that I slept with that girl. Um, and she's like, I'm not, you know, you don't know me. And, um, he was like, I'm trying to find the quotes. Um, he said, his, okay, the quote is, his arms relax around me and I slide away from him, reaching for the handle. But he reaches out and grips the door, holding it close. I didn't think about you at all when I was in bed with her last night, he tells me. She was hot. She turned me on. She liked my hands on her and I liked how she felt. His breath falls across my hair, his words cruel and unforgiving. She wasn't average or boring or stuck up. She excited me. My bottom lip shakes and tears fill my eyes, but I tense every muscle in my body, trying not to let him see. Stuck up. Average. Boring. Tell me your are Tell me you're jealous, he demands. Like, so he's like, he's pretty much he's like, like. He's hitting all the things that he knows will hurt her that she like yeah, has he been racing her, against. Exactly. All the things she's already afraid of. Tell me you're trying not to think about how much I loved fucking her. Tell me something true and I'll let you leave my truck. And um, she kind of breaks down. And he's like, oh, you can't, you can't talk to me. This is it. You're just totally fake. Fear, fear, fear. That's all it runs you. And she starts crying and she's like, I'm a fraud. I'm empty. And she doesn't say this, but he can tell she's getting upset. So he's like, I didn't sleep with her. And she's like, what? Uh-huh. And he's like, no, I, I didn't sleep with her. He was like, I, I don't, you know, I lied. I asked her out for food and she, you know, that's all that's happened. But, um, and she's like, oh, you didn't touch her. And he says, um, he said, I had every right to, especially since you're still letting fuck face drool over you while making me hard as a rock for all damn 
all damn week. And he's like, uh-huh. and so this leads to them totally having a lot of sex in a truck. <laughs> um, so much sex in a truck. <laughs> also, it kind of leads to him saying, you know, it's you that turns me on. I'm thrilled by you. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're, I don't think you're average or stuck up or boring. I think you're mm-hmm. a lot more than you think you are. Like I'm thinking about you and I want to sleep with you. And she's like, okay. And like, they kind of like, do the damn smash, thing. Smash, smash, smash. And Trey's right outside while he's fucking her, which is great. So he's like, God, thanks for letting me borrow your girlfriend. Like, he's ah! like and it, okay, so, and this is where I want to talk about consent a little bit, because I think there's yeah. a couple scenes in this book where consent is not very explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, because we know her mindset, that she's excited by it, we understand yeah. that she's... She's, I don't even want to rationalize this because I think there's a lot of scenarios where this isn't the, the case, but she's like, mm-hmm. essentially like he, you know, he starts kind of like making out with her heart and he's got her in his lap and he's like sucking on her neck and trying to give her kisses all over her chest. And he's doing like naughty things to her. And she's like, we shouldn't, someone would find us. Someone will mm-hmm. find us. We shouldn't. So it's not like a no, it's a, we shouldn't. And he kind of just yeah. like <laughs> kind of chuckles and keeps going. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, that's sweet. Uh, Well, yeah, because there's definitely a difference between like, oh, we shouldn't and and I don't want to. Right. Um, It's probably not a yes, but she's, mm -hmm. you know, I shouldn't shouldn't say she's clearly into it because that's, that's, I think that's kind of a harmful thing. But I think she's, she's, it's, I think the point of it is that she's afraid of what people will think of her. And he tells her, Mm -hmm. he's like, no one's out there. Just focus on me. And once she does, it's a lot more, she's very into it. But I think in the moment Mm -hmm. she's like, no, what if, what if? And he's like, what do you mean? What if? And she's like, oh, and then at one point she's like, we can't have too rough of sex because the truck's going to rock. So only for a minute, (laughs) (laughs) only for one minute. And then you have to stop. And he's like, okay, only one minute. And it's one not- minute rocking is not noticeable. Um, so that's fine. Just, just one minute. He's apparently doing it in such a way where he's like not, he's trying to like not rock the truck, but it definitely goes over uh-huh. a minute. And she was like, is this minute over yet? And he's like, almost. <laughs> <laughs> it has clearly been 10 minutes at this point. <laughs> And it's like, time oh. is just a construct. Time means nothing. <laughs> yes, right. So there was some blob issues with this scene. I'm sure some people had problems with it, but I think overall it's one of the fan favorites of the book because it's 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 a sexy they could get caught because Trey is right outside mm-hmm. and she's like having the orgasm of her fucking life with this bad boy who she doesn't like. Yeah. Um and then oh, she definitely makes- not. And then she makes her drive him home, and and when he drops her off, she's talking about Misha. She's like, "Well, I'm gonna be. I'm probably gonna do this. I'm probably gonna write a letter." And he was like, "Oh, are you gonna tell your friend about me?" And he's like, "What's your friend's name?" And she's like, "Misha." And he has been dying to be called Misha. He hates it when she calls him Mason. (laughs) I really hate this, but also this is the name that I told her that is mine. So right, and he. So he he runs after her and he was like, tell me your pen pal's name again. And she goes, Misha. And he like kisses her and he's like, I didn't hear you. And she's like, Misha? <laughs> like, <so> <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the game we're playing right 
And he says, oh, thank you. And he runs away. So at this point in the book, they're, they're fucking a lot. Like, there's other sex scenes, and she's starting to realize that Trey's not great. Um, at this point, you also you start to realize that for some reason, Mason wants to break into Trey's house. He And it's not just because he hates Trey because he's, you know, he's a dick and has his hands all over Ryan. There's something else there that's deeper. And so he's, oh, he breaks into Ryan's house again <laughs> and they have sex. He catches her masturbating. It's really, it's a really interesting scene because when he breaks in, he was like, he, he kind of like sees her in bed and he sees that she's naked from the waist down. And he's like checking the closet, checking the bed. And she's like, there's no one here. And he was like, then why are you naked? And she's like all embarrassed. And he's like, Oh my God, you were, you were, <laughs> you were touching yourself. How could you do that? Let me join. Yeah. But it's also like, I think his automatic thought was that why would you be naked unless a man was here, which really blew my mind. Yeah. Like, Misha, people masturbate, and it's important. Yeah, it's important to know thyself. So anyway, um, well, and it's fun that that's in a book. We actually don't see a lot of women pleasuring themselves in romance novels. It's almost always um, them with a partner. So that's kind of fun. It is fun, and it's it's actually nice because so he asks her, of course, you know, give him the show me what you do, and she's like, no, and he was like do it. And <laughs> she's like, okay. <laughs> That's the demeanor they have. He's like, he's like pretty demanding. And she's like, okay. And then, um, she's like, I've had a lot of sex in this bed, just not with other people. And then he says, I quote, well, it's time to pop that cherry. <laughs> and then he has sex. <laughs> What's interesting about this is she's very much alluding to oral sex, which is interesting. She was like, oh, I love watch. I love when you watch me. It makes me want to like suck your cock. And he like then mm-hmm. proceeds to have doggy style sex with her, which is interesting because like I know we always talk about how there's not a lot of like oral in books, like girls going yeah. down with guys. Um, and this didn't happen. So I was like, oh, I think she was trying to tell you something, but whatever. Um, yeah. She's like, hey. Let me get you warmed up too. She's Let's like, do that. And he's like, no, I just need to plow into you <laughs> from behind. Like really loudly too. And she's like, hey, we can't be too loud. And he's like, fuck that. I didn't get to go. I didn't get to like have like sex with you like the way I wanted in the truck. So now I. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve this I sex deserve the way I want it. Mason. I'm talking shit. Mason. So, um. Anyway, and he was like, hey, do you want to do something illegal with me? And she's like, what? And he's like, just say yes. And she's like, okay. So then he's like, okay, I'll come get you later. And the illegal thing is they're going to break into Trey's house. All right. <laughs> yeah. Comfortable with this. And she's kind of the lookout. And he like jimmies the door open. And he's like, you know, just just shh, come along. And she's like, what are you doing? So he steals something from Trey's house, which we'll find out later. And at this point then, you know, at school, Trey's um, – Trey's giving Mason more shit because he, I think you can kind of tell that he likes Ryan. Um, Mason's like mm-hmm. always looking at her and he's like, I think he wants you go invite him to my party so that we can terrorize him at the party. And also they're mad at Mason because get this, he's befriended this other kind of um, queer boy and everyone mm. likes to, to, to bully the queer boy. This queer this uh, guy who's at school for his sex, literally because of his, they, they're like, you're just, you know, they make terrible, terrible uh, homophobic jokes to him. And mm. Mason's like protecting him. 
And because he has a heart of gold. This is what I'm talking about. This is the heart of gold. And so these homophobes are making fun of him and like he hates him and they want to invite. They're like, so go invite him to your party. He'll listen to you. So they get Ryan to go over there and she like sits in his lap and she's like, they want me to tease you and taunt you and come to this party. And he was like, okay, okay. And she's like, I don't want you to go. And he was like, fuck that. I'm going. So of course he goes, the principal also comes out and gets mad at, um, them for grinding on each other in the lunchroom. And he's just like, he like looks at the principal and he's like, I don't care what you say. And he's a bad (laughs) moment. He's like, she gets off my dick when I tell her to. And then (laughs) anyway, you know, just asserting your dominance to the principal. It's very important. He shits about this principal. So anyway, the point is that, and remember he broke into her house. (laughs) Um, He did. He doesn't like any of them. So they go to this party. Of course, this is when the book starts to kind of wrapping up. Um, this is this is also where it gets murkier for me because I know a lot of things happen in the because remember one she doesn't know this is Misha yet still at all she yeah, has no idea still she a secret yeah you you also find out more about why he's not at home his dad he tries going home for a little bit and like he opens all of his dad's mail for him his dad's in a depressive state on the couch you know it's it's sad mm-hmm. and he's like come on dad get to he does the dishes things like that you see mm-hmm. a, a different nicer side of him and he's um, also. Um, going to this party where I think he gets terrorized by Trey one last time. I think there's a huge fight. It's, I, I forgot, but like he ends up in jail. Oh and, no. Yeah. But it's okay because his family's in politics. And so all of his cousins come and bail him out. Well, that's um, helpful. Yes. And okay. The biggest crime of this entire episode is that I don't remember I don't remember how or how she finds out it's Mason. Oh. Um, How she finds out it's Misha. I'm sorry. But like that's kind of the – that's the the final part of the book is that she obviously finds out that that's been Misha all along and she's devastated. She rips – she she like – I think she like rips up some of their letters. Like she hates him. Oh, no. Relying to her. And treating her that way and terrorizing her and knowing this and holding it over her head – and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, please, like, I please forgive me. Um, I don't, you know, ha- know how much longer I'm going to be here because he's got some business to finish. And that is, I think at one point he kind of, he gets in some major trouble at school and gets called into the principal's office finally. And he's probably going to get expelled. And he calls out the principal and he's like, hey, you know, um, I went, I, I he, I for. I'm sorry if I'm totally butchering this. I'm so sorry, but I, I do remember what happened. But the point is he calls her out and he was like, Hey, I, 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 I think he says, I stole some things from you at your house. Um, because, uh, they were from your, your daughter and you don't want them. And he was like, but she's dead now. Um, and he was like, and she never, she never got to know her mother like she wanted to. And I, I don't. Oh no. The principal was the mom all along. His mom. Ah, Did she wreck? Did the mom recognize him? She left too early in his life to know what he looked like Uh, now. And I guess his uh, sister wrote her all these letters. Uh huh. Right. And so he went to go get the letters from her house. She didn't deserve them. 
Mm. And that's kind of what his whole game was this whole time. So, like, the the reason he showed up at this school was because mm-hmm. he knew that's where his mother was the principal and he needed to get back these letters Tear that – your son a little bit, Trey, who happened yeah. to be handling his childhood love. And then he happened to find his childhood love there as well. I think it opportunistic. Was too much it was too much of a package for yeah. him to ignore. Yeah, how could one not go and cause chaos in this random high school? Yes, and he <laughs> was like, "You didn't deserve those letters, and you don't deserve them now." And the way she responds is like, because it's clear that like she left his dad and Trey's a stepbrother. Like, mm, okay, he does not. So it's not her it. actual child. Well, it's her child, I think, with another man, and like her new family. Okay, she has a okay, new. Okay, so yeah, so it would be his half brother. Yes, yeah, sorry, his half brother. Um, okay, and basically, she tries to kind of offer some like apology like the way that Penelope wrote her was actually really interesting she didn't she's not villainy she's definitely Mm -hmm. a very flawed person and she's like I kept those letters um I don't I you're right there's nothing I can say to you and he's like you're right there's not and he was like so you're this is this never happened but you know I just want you to know that you didn't deserve her Mm -hmm. like you didn't deserve her as a daughter and you didn't deserve me and I, you're dead to me. And I just, I wanted to come tell you that. And I don't think, wow. he, yeah, what a twist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he wasn't there just for Ryan. She just happened to be the bully yeah. of the school and he had to deal with her. Um, and then I think, so him and him and Ryan eventually make up, and there's this like amazingness between she calls him Misha and she finally forgives him. And, and he's like, and I think he kind of sees the growth in her. Like she's, you know, she tells Trey to fuck off and, and they're together and they love each other. <clears throat> and then it like, you know, and then it like fast forwards to the future and he's a rock star. Five years. Is five it five years, years from now? <laughs> like Ten years. I think, I don't know. It's all, it's, oh. I forgot what it is, but she has to like, she goes out for some food or something. She's pregnant, of course, because all epilogues, well, you're pregnant. She has to be heavy with child. She is. Are there any other children running around, or is this no. the first one? <laughs> no, this is their first one. Okay, and she okay. Goes out and she comes back in, to because like, they're staying in a hotel, and the paparazzi mm-hmm. are there because it turns out that he, you know, you, it, throughout the book, he gets more into music, Um and she's very supportive of his musical career. And I guess he becomes like a, a total musical celebrity, like a rock star. And so mm-hmm. um, he's been cooped up with her because she's, ha- you know, about to give birth in this hotel room. And and he's going to come out with an album, but he's been putting it off or something. I don't know. Something like that basically like their celebrity status. And it's a it's a kind of a cute ending. I don't I don't remember if it features I don't think it features any sex, but it features them sitting in the bathtub together and he's like chilling with her and like he's very he's a badass. Like he's he's yeah. unapologetic, he's a total rock star, everyone wants a piece of him, but he's and she's kind of unapologetically herself now, and they're both like these badass people and and it's kind of a sweet ending. Yeah. And I, I and they Belong they, to each other. Belong to each other. They, they know who they are. Um, yeah. And it's, 
I mean, I thought it was a really sweet way to end the book. There's also a song he wrote called Punk 57. Oh. So that's, and at the end of the book, you could like read all of his lyrics. Oh. What does the 57 in Punk 57 stand for? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the worst. I'm so sorry. Um. I could, I mean, I could probably find out and we can add it later. Um, oh, it's okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, the, the point is that, like, he writes a song about them. It's called Punk 57, and that's why. And she goes by Punk in her graffiti name. And I don't know. So I, is she a graffiti artist now? No. No, that was oh, okay. just her way to rebel in high school. And I think okay. the way it was written, they wanted you to think, Oh, it's it's him because he's obviously the delinquent, but in actuality it was her because she just yeah. didn't she was like acting out. She missed him and and he I think that was the first point when he was like, Oh, you're not you are kind Maybe of this is my Ryan. <laughs> and there's other points too where like she um a bunch of drawings fall out and he's like what are those and she's like charcoal drawings like I draw these things and I send them to my friend Misha because he's an art he's he he's a musician and and I I want him to have an album cover and he asked me to draw him things and I haven't talked to him in a while and I just I'm not doing okay and he's like (laughs) okay okay and he's a Tim and he's like oh my god she's she is really sweet and like I just she just hides it because she's a coward (laughs) so and sometimes you're a coward and I mean real sometimes you need to build up that character sometimes you don't start that way it's a matter of a journey that gets you to that place where you can stand up for who you are and be unapologetically you I think it's a very normal thing that people are scared to be unapologetically themselves I don't think it's always safe to be yourself like I don't think it's always comfortable to be yourself and in an ideal world, we could all be ourselves, but also high schoolers are shitlords. And <laughs> I say that with like a lot of love. And maybe I'm just talking about the people I went to high school with. There was a lot of really mm-hmm. mean people who would make your life a living hell for being 1% different or having a complexity. Like they didn't want to deal with it. Like the more um, polished you were, the better. And it was just like, I, I could understand that. And I definitely related to her in a lot of ways because sometimes it's like, I think for her, she was so desperate to be accepted and loved that she didn't want to lose even these like mediocre friendships. And, um, Mm -hmm. she had, but she, she, she had that with Misha, like Misha accepted her no matter what. And she told him everything. And that's why it was so hard for her when he just like ghosted her after his sister died. She had no idea. She She eventually found out everything, of course. And that didn't, that didn't make up for the fact that, you know, he lied to her. She was still really angry with him, but. But it created some insight into the why, which is always helpful. I think it was one of the things that she finally was like, you know, wow, like I didn't know this happened. And she, you know, goes and she sees more of his life. And I don't know. I think Mm -hmm. like, I think it's a big step for them because like he's always preaching to be yourself. And he was a lie. Like he was Mason. So she couldn't handle it. Like you're, you're a liar and I'm a yeah, liar. Yeah, I mean, it's very <laughs> hypocritical when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, it is. So it was it was a good read, honestly. Like it was I, – I thought there was a lot of depth. I, I thought it was a very really 
really, really like sexy book. I thought it was like really fun. I just, I really dug the shit out of it. And I recommend anyone reading it. I think you should read it. I think everyone should give it a twirl and see what they think. Nice. Yay. Well, I, yeah, I think it sounds really fun and I'd be, uh, really curious to read the dynamic. I don't know that I have read a single bully type romance. I've definitely like lovers, I hate her. Love hate is always big. Like, I mean, you go, yeah. Friend uh, enemies to lovers. Like I, you can see that all the way back with, uh, Pride and Prejudice and all that, but I've never experienced a bully romance. So it's intriguing. It is. And I think the typical formula for a bully romance is a really good girl and a really bad boy who's <laughs> makes her life a living hell, but it's because he like can't get enough of her. And like, it's kind of like touch her and you die type tropes, you know, like she's yeah. mine to pick on. Um, and I, I've, I've like skirted over other bully books, but I haven't really gotten into them. I liked this book <laughs> because it was like a bully book you know, romance, but in reality it was about, you know, her realizing she was like a passive bully and she was a bully to herself, Mm -hmm. you know, like it wasn't like she was out there picking on people. She was just a part of the toxic crew and he was like, you're a hypocrite and you don't need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think bully romances kind of are created off that So, you know, when we're little girls and Mm -hmm. like a boy is mean to you and you bring it up and you're told like, oh, he does that because he likes you. Like he's pulling your hair because he likes you. He's and like, I mean, I definitely have had weird moments of that in my childhood and in high school where there was like this one guy that was always like kind of like harassing me and like wanting to copy off my stuff. And then like weirdly in my senior year, I became like good friends with him and like kind of saw him as more of a person. Um, And like sometimes now even I'm like, I'm like, I wonder whatever happened to that person. Um, But like he was never doing like really bully things to me to where Mm -hmm. I felt like harmed or like super attacked. Um, And it was just so funny because like – I had first known him in elementary school. He was in one of my classes and he actually then like left that elementary school because he was such a troublemaker. He got sent away. Then he was at my high school and that's like kind of my next place. And I actually got to know him as a person in theater. Um, And this is a romance book. (laughs) There there was never any romance that happened, but like there was definitely a point where I went from like just kind of seeing him as like, oh, he's such a troublemaker kind of person to then like seeing him as a real person and actually like being able to talk to him about like normal things. So um, like when I think of the whole thing around like, oh, people are the guys that tug your hair, the ones that like, like you. And I'm like, well, maybe they don't like me, but maybe they are an okay person underneath. And in that case, he was an okay person underneath. Um, But maybe sometimes they're just being jerk bullies and we don't need to excuse the bad behavior of boys or men in order to 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or anyone really. But yes, no, I, I, I think that whole like he pulls your hair because he likes you is is maybe teaching that teaching young people that when someone, you know, shows you harm or is mean to you that it's because they don't know how to communicate and that's cute apparently. It's not cute. Yeah, it's not like cute. it's not cute and it's just not it's not sustainable. It's not going to work and it's harmful. So I get that. And yes, most bully books are kind of built along that backbone that like they terrorize Mm -hmm. the heroine until Mm -hmm. you realize that there's a reason he's doing it. And then it's like, Oh, he's different. You know what? Sometimes when people's sisters die, they need to terrorize those around them. But, like, Misha did not go out of his way to terrorize people. Everyone terrorized yeah. him. <laughs> like, he, yeah, he, was to protect, he was just trying to protect his fellow students and also be himself and, like, you know, harass the principal because he wanted he wanted to just get a fucking edge up on his He mom. was on a revenge mission. And sometimes mm-hmm. people get caught in the crossfire when you're on a revenge mission. And is that his fault? Really? You deal with it. Yeah. Like, let him, let him yell at his mom. Let him steal from his mom. She stole his childhood. So yeah. it's, it was a great book. I, I want to say that there's, I hope there's um, some offshoots from it. I think there are some characters that might get their own books, but Ooh. I'm not going to lie. Like I would read, I would read another book with these two kids. I would love another book with Misha and Ryan in it. And maybe like when they're older or whatever, like I would read the shit out of that. Um, just because I really enjoy the dynamic and I enjoyed like his unapologetic self. I think that's really like an attractive quality in a person when they're kind of like, this is who I am. And like, I'm the same person no matter what. Basically, you know, like they're not, like, I guess it, it makes sense. Sometimes we, we, we adjust who we are in different contexts, but like, I thought, I think it's really, um, it's one of my favorite types of characters or heroes or heroines is when they're kind of like, no, this is me. It's cool. Yeah. You either accept it or you walk away. Fuck yeah. you. Cool, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this wonderful book with me and with the readers. Um, I very much enjoyed it and I um, am very intrigued. Um, It might be one that I have to try to read when I'm not trying to read other new books in order to tell people about on here. (laughs) Yes. Well, oh, and especially if it has it to listen to, I'll have to see if they have an audio book. That's one thing. Sometimes some of these books that I really want to get into that are a little bit more erotic and everything and a little bit more like the TikTok books and stuff like that, they don't always have an audio version out for them yet. And I'm like, oh, come on, (laughs) give it to me. You haven't signed up to do the audio version of them yet. It's true. It's true. (laughs) You need to give them a call and say, hey, I got this for you. I need to read the book anyway. Let's do this. Like you're like recording and you're like, ah, oh, I, 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 you did not ruin the book. It was a good, a good and entertaining story and leaves 
wonderful additional details to be discovered. Like our readers, they like our hot takes. They don't need us to hand, spoon feed them every element of the story. They're awesome and they are readers that love to read. So it works. Read this. So, <laughs> so awesome. I, I'm excited to hear about the next book. I think, I don't know what our next book is, but. Are we yeah, doing, I think we're going to, we're we going to do a little chatting about it. What did you say? Are we doing a both read it time this time? I think we, I, my thinking is that we might want to review Neon Gods. Like I know it's been a little while since we both looked at it, but we haven't really done a Hades Persephone thing. So, and and we've talked about it so much. So I think it's about time and it's just, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since we re- read it, so we definitely have to do our reviewing, but I think that would be a great one to bring to us uh, soon. Um, yeah, there's like other fun things to be had, um, and we are just excited to be bringing you these. If you have any favorite books that you would love for us to look at, let us know, send us an email, drop us a tweet, and we will see what we can do. I think probably one of the next ones I'll tell to you is the coronavirus oh, romances. God. Right. Because <laughs> I read them. <laughs> like, right. the, and, and I actually read them. There was not an audio version, so I had to read them. And the amount of highlights that I have in oh this, these like tiny novellas is ridiculous. I might as well just highlighted the entire thing because oh it's just gosh. so absurd. <laughs> but I think that's the next one I'll be bringing to you and telling you about, regaling you with the joy. <laughs> I'm cautiously uh, optimistic for this ridiculousness. I'll put it that way. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, listeners. Uh, We hope you have a most lovely day, and we'll see you next time on A Real Real Bodice Ripper. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to A Real Bodice Ripper. Intro, outro, trailer music is Air by D. Yan Ki. You can find us and talk to us at the following. Instagram at A Real Bodice Ripper. Twitter at ARBR Podcast. Or email us at A Real Bodice Ripper at gmail.com. Take a care. And many felicitations upon your household. <laughs> <laughs>